Hey there, mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 54. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hopefully you've rethought your cleaning routines after Tuesday's episode and have been able to develop a simple yet sustainable system that supports you and your family. If so, I'd love to hear about it. So pop on over to the free Facebook group at tinyurl.com forward slash moms overcoming overwhelm. Also a quick reminder about our September giveaway in celebration of one year of the podcast and also my upcoming birthday Woohoo! for the entire month. If you leave a rating and written review in Apple podcasts, five stars are my favorite. Take a screenshot of it and email me at info at You'll be entered in a drawing for a decluttering book of your choice. And if you've already left a rating and review, thank you, thank you, thank you. Go ahead and share the podcast with a friend and send the screenshot of that to me at info at simplebyemmy.com for an entry in the giveaway. The giveaway is all month and the winner is going to be announced on Tuesday, October 3rd. So check out the show notes today for more information. So mama, we know that clutter directly impacts our overwhelm and stress as well as our physical health. As we declutter and simplify, we are seeking a more peaceful and less stressful life. But if you have a chronic illness that is impacted by stress, like my guest today, then it's even more important to declutter your home, head, and heart so that you can learn not only to survive, but thrive despite the challenges of the illness. My guest today is Allie Cornish. Allie describes herself as a mother, writer, and wife rooted in minimalism, wellness, and lifelong learning. Shortly after launching her website, everthrive.org, she was diagnosed with angliosing spondylitis, otherwise known as AS, an incurable inflammatory disease. After suffering from long bouts of pain and intermittent immobility, Allie chose to redouble her commitment to a minimalist way of life through living simply, eliminating distractions, and focusing on the important aspects of life. She put her AS symptoms into remission. Whether you have a chronic illness like Allie, or if you're just looking for a way to reduce stress and inflammation, today's episode is incredibly helpful, and I know you're going to learn a lot. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen, and let's dive into today's conversation with Allie Cornish. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Hey, Allie. Thank you so much for being on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I'm so happy to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So I am so grateful for you for a lot of reasons. You and I kind of connected through blogging and through Instagram, and you helped introduce me to this amazing group of women on Instagram that kind of have this similar 
worldview, this simple living minimalism group of moms. And I am just forever grateful because I've just made so many great connections. A lot of these moms now are going to be on the podcast, which is really cool. And I just want to thank you for just kind of taking me under your wing, so to speak, and introducing me because it's just been such a a life-giving community. And I'm just really grateful for you for that. So first of all, I wanted to say thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, You know, I have the pandemic, unfortunately, to thank for that because, you know, we're stuck in our houses looking for like-minded people on Instagram of all places. And it ended up being my place to to connect with like-minded moms, specifically um, going the minimalist route. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and just talk a little bit about you and your family and what you do when you're not momming, <laughs> which takes forever. We were just talking about our kids being sick all the time. And that seems to take oh, up so oh, much yeah. time. I so wish when I you're had... not, yeah. When you're not dealing with sick kids, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah. I wish I was a nurse or had nurse training. Um, but anyway, the short The short story of of who I am is um, I'm a former high school English teacher, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. I met my husband on eHarmony in 2014, and we lived when we lived in Chicago, and uh, now we live in Fort Collins, Colorado. We had a whole lifestyle change, and happily so. Now we have two kids, and we enjoy spending time outside. Um, I like doing photography and writing. I love craft beer and um, uh, watching Netflix when the kids go to bed. <laughs> that's awesome. me in a yes. nutshell. There's more, but yeah. That's- <laughs> <laughs> and we are both hashtag boy moms times yep. two. Boy so moms. yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually our kids are kind of similar ages, sort of tracking yeah. each other. So I've liked that too. We can kind of, we've shared uh some recommendations on kids podcasts and, Mm -hmm. you know, some of these other things. So that's been really great to know a mom in a similar season of motherhood. And speaking of that, I know in my seasons of motherhood and also before that, since infertility was actually what kind of brought me to minimalism in the first place, but I have really been going through different phases of minimalism and simplifying and just trying to remember what matters most and keep coming back to that. Mm -hmm. And I would love if you could give an example, although I'm sure there are many of a time when you kind of felt overwhelmed and you realized, okay, something in my life, something has to change because this isn't working anymore. And that that was the catalyst that kind of brought you more into this minimalist kind of simple living space. If you could tell us a little bit about that. Of course. Happy to. Um, well, as soon as I was ready to go to college, um, I was so happy to, to downsize actually. So I have been a minimalist ever since like freshman year of college. So living in like 300 square feet with like a few possessions, et cetera. So the, the possessions thing was never like an issue for me. I enjoyed living with less, being able to pack my stuff in the car and just like move to the next place. Um, but the problem with me is I had like this scarcity mindset where I was just trying to fill it with um, with social interactions that were basically meaningless. And I also couldn't choose like a path. I had like so many jobs in like a very small time, like 11 jobs in the span of four years in my mid to early 20s. I lived in like five separate cities. 
two different countries. You know, none of my jobs actually produced enough money for me to live like the lifestyle I would would have liked to live. And I was living in Los Angeles at the time. So that was a, that was a silly place to live, but <laughs> very expensive. Um, so I had this like great fear of missing out. And I had this idea that um, I had to just keep meeting people and, you know, going out at night and drinking and meeting people. And like, I had this, you know, I was always looking over people's shoulder to see like who was better to talk to. I just, I wasn't in love with myself. I didn't like myself enough. I had to keep, you know, engaging with other people and have, um, I had to be like out there all the time. And I had to, I needed to rediscover myself each day through the eyes of other people to feel like I meant something. But in like in the morning, it would all like be an illusion. I just be like, I was just so depressed. Like I had too much going on mentally and I had no path. So for me, I always wish my life was simpler, but I didn't think it was feasible because like all the people in my realm were doing the exact same thing and they seemed happy enough. And I was like, just what is wrong with me? You know? So I started thinking differently. It was really hard. I just had to start thinking in a different way. And I was like, well, okay, what do I want to do is not the same thing as what can I do like for a job. So I started focusing on my vocation, like my job. I had three jobs at one time and none of them were paying the bills. I had to actually sell my car, like make ends meet, um, which is not appropriate. And in Los Angeles, if you know it, it's like a car city, like you have to have a car. (laughs) So um, I just started thinking, okay, what can I do? Um, What would, what would be good for me to do with my skill set? So I thought good and hard and I became a teacher. I became a high school English teacher. And within that construct, that the high school teaching day, I thrived. I was like, okay, school begins at eight, ends at three. I have this lunch period. I have all these classes to plan for. It was like perfect for me. Like I had like this framework and I worked so well for who I, who I was at the time. And um, I, began to find fulfillment in that career. I love the interactions with the students. I love planning the lessons. Did not like the grading, but it comes with the (laughs) territory. Um, So since I was achieving professionally, I felt better about myself personally, and I was able to find fulfillment in other areas of my life. And it was at that time where I met my husband, you know, that the good things happen to you when you I don't know, like you, you fix yourself. You, you, I started loving myself, I guess. So finding minimalism for me, wasn't about like decluttering so much as it was like not decluttering physically, but decluttering like mentally was, was the big thing for me. So that's my big story. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that you came at it. It's from such a different way than so many people, you know, so many people like myself is that you're overwhelmed by mostly the stuff. And then maybe, you know, your to-dos and maybe like the mental side of things. But what I love is that you were able to have that self-awareness later on of that scarcity mentality. Like, where is my identity coming from? Where is my self-worth coming from? Why is it that I am going from job to job to job to job that I'm having that dissatisfaction? And like, how do I fix that? It's not by, like you said, going out every night and meeting more people it was really having to do that self-reflection, which I think is really amazing. And I'm so glad that that's kind of how you found your way. 
And then you met your wonderful husband. And yes, I'm a match.com uh, lady over here. So we got match.com and eHarmony, how we met our husbands. And yeah. then you became, then became a mom. And um, can you tell me, because I know that I wasn't sure if it was after you became a mom or if it was just prior when you realized that you had sort of a health issue going yeah. on. And I'd love for you to go into that because that has, I think, really shaped how your minimalism and simplicity journey has gone since then. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, certainly. Um, it was actually shortly after becoming a teacher. Um, I had met my husband and we were dating, uh, but I started feeling unwell and mostly physically. Like I started feeling like shooting pains in my body and it was all these things that didn't make any sense. And as with any person with the autoimmune disease, I had to visit like countless doctors to figure out what was wrong with me and finally diagnosed me with ankylosing spondylitis, which is a type of rheumatoid arthritis. Um, the only way to really treat it is with medication. So I hit it hard with medication, um, but I did see a naturopathic doctor who uh, explained to me that a lifestyle change would be really beneficial for, for my condition. And also, um, like diet and exercise. So I, this, I know this, I don't want to get too much into my illness and my you know struggles there, but I did um, drastically change my lifestyle. I apparently stress like over time is what can trigger something like this. If the cortisol levels in your body and the adrenaline, adrenals, all that stuff really affect our lifestyles and, and like our physical and mental health. And for me, um, my body started attacking itself because uh, I had lived in previous, you know, I lived a very kind of like fast and stressful life and my teaching job wasn't helping me at all. It's, um, you know, anyone does a high school teaching job, you know, it's very stressful. It's, um, <clears throat> I'm not naturally a public speaker, but I had to train myself to be one. And that was like, out of my comfort zone. And I think that had something to do with it. I became very good at it, but I also never shook like the jitters and like the stress of that was still like compounded. So I basically changed my diet and my lifestyle and um, continued to live like the typical minimalist life, like not a lot of stuff. Um, but I just basically redoubled my effort to, to, to the minimalist way. So less stress actually ended up having to quit my teaching job, both because of my health and also because um, teaching and having small children doesn't really work because you just give all your paycheck to daycare. And yes. I was like, ah, you know, I'll just take care of my own kids. So, so I have an anti-inflammatory diet specific to myself. I did get blood work for that. I wasn't doing any elimination diets are a thing, you know, but I was like, I don't want to waste any time here. Just what is inflaming my body? What could be causing this or, or adding to the problem? So yeah, um, since, you know, I was a minimalist before becoming a mother, it has informed my decisions as a mother um, with the chronic illness. So having that framework in place already helps me be a, as good of a mom as I can be with a chronic illness. I'm not currently in pain now, which is uh, incredible. And I have not been in pain for several years just because I changed my whole, my lifestyle. Yeah. But it's, you know, minimalism is good for health. It's good for, for my kids. I think they don't have a lot of choice to choose from. So they get to focus more on what they play with and, and making up things, less toys, less activities. Um, we don't sign them up for, I mean, they're little, 
but yeah, not a lot of extracurriculars or like too many play dates. So they, they're more focused, I think, because of that, because of that framework. The hardest part about being a parent is the stress. So I know that stress can trigger my illness. So I'm very cognizant of like, okay, how can I be, uh, how can I not be triggered by my kid's behavior that was going to stress me out? So that's a constant thing for me as with so like every mother, basically. So I have obviously the same struggles, but still learning, uh, definitely not perfect, but uh, hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. Yeah. I think um, some of the things that you were saying initially about how your disease is triggered by stress and you were mentioning, you know, cortisol and adrenals. And I've talked before about some of the science behind clutter and how it actually raises your cortisol levels and everything. So I think that it's just a testament to the fact that when you, you know, recognize that you have something going on in your body where you can be easily stressed, removing as much of that clutter, extra activities and so forth is really key. But the other thing that I have noticed from my very friendly and not creepy vantage point on Instagram <laughs> is that you're prioritizing your well-being and health by prioritizing the activities that are supporting that, like exercise. You know, mm-hmm. I had seen recently like movement is your medicine. And so you oh, yeah. recognize how crucial that is to keeping that, um, those flare ups, you know, from happening. And so how has, I guess, this minimalist lifestyle influenced how you're able to prioritize and kind of be very intentional about how you're spending your time? Could you talk a little bit about that? Oh, certainly. Yeah. I definitely, I joined a gym recently and it's been incredible, uh, for me, I have to say, you know, my place, not, I don't know how to phrase this in a way, but um, a lot of people have to have a job to live. And I am in a place with my husband that I didn't need to have my teaching job and I can still have my kids and go to the gym. And it's from a place of privilege. And every day I think about this, like so many people with ankylosing spondylitis or something equally painful, having to go and, and work and it's painful. If you're in a flare, it's painful to sit. It's painful to stand. It's painful to sleep. You don't sleep. So every day I just, I'm so grateful for the position I'm in that I can prioritize my health and I can go to the gym or take a walk in nature. Um, equally, both are, both are equally beneficial. Just getting out there and like moving my body in any way, um, it really helps. Um, we recently went on a road trip to San Diego from Fort Collins. So it was two and a half days of driving like 17 hours of driving total and just sitting in the car for so long, just, I could, you know, I was getting sciatica. I could feel like something happening again. So, you know, I, I knew what was going on and I had to, you know, very, I was very aware of that. So I had to just start moving my body um, slowly. And then, you know, you kind of move yourself out of it and with everything else in place, I didn't get into a big flare up. Um, so that was good, but yeah. Um, so so thankful I can prioritize my health at this time. Yeah. And I think that the fact that you are doing things that are in alignment with your values as an individual, and then your family, you're not doing things for other people, right? You're not doing things to impress other people anymore. You're not doing things because you're like, how does this look to the outside, which is what you were saying was kind of what was going on in your twenties. So you're able to 
take the necessary steps to say, okay, this is what matters to me. This is what matters to our family. This is how we're living. And then you've been able to take everything else is just noise. Everything else is just clutter. And then you can just live a healthy life. And I just, I have a friend with AS actually, I don't think I've told you this before. Oh, Yeah, I do. And, um, she unfortunately has gone through so much, um, divorce, you know, abuse, all of this stuff. And so there's been talk about flare ups. <laughs> there's yeah. been so much stress in her, in her life. And I just, um, I know she's always searching for examples of people that are able to, you know, thrive with these diseases that you, you never know, you never know when a flare up is going to come. So well, I just really, yeah, I really appreciate you you sharing that. So kind of in that same vein, if you were to talk to my, my friend here or other overwhelmed moms that might be dealing with a chronic illness, or perhaps they don't even know that they have a chronic illness and they just realize that something's not right in their bodies or they're fatigued all the time, exhausted. I was just talking to Sarah Horgan via Instagram. And she said Mm -hmm. she had no idea she had stage four cancer. She just realized that she was tired all the time and couldn't figure out why. So it's like those, those, you know, signs from our bodies telling us, um, kind of what would you say to that, that overwhelmed mom, as far as like, how do they start that journey of kind of living with less and prioritizing what's most important? Wow. I mean, you know, being diagnosed with a chronic illness, any kind, you know, immediately try to get a good support system. So reach for, you know, you have to reach for a place where you're not in pain because pain like clouds your entire life. You can't do anything in pain. You can't declutter your house. You can't, you know, you can't do a thing. You can't take care of your children, can't take care of yourself. So it's, it's getting that support system, getting good doctors, advocating for yourself, um, getting support from your family and your friends. I do not live near extended family which is a bummer, but a lot of people do. So seeking out that support or have, you know, moving closer to other members of your extended family would probably be good. And once you've got that, you know, threshold of of a pain, mostly pain-free, you can get started on all the other things that are secondary, like um, taking a look at your mental clutter of what you're doing that's maybe not essential to your health and getting rid of it and taking a look at your house and little things like with kids, like, oh, my youngest child is done with these items, put them in a box in his closet, her closet, just when the box fills up, take it to Goodwill. That's the easiest, I think, thing to do. Um, Looking around at things you haven't used for a while and just throw it in a box and, you know, don't, don't start like tackling everything, just little things, you know, that'll help you feel really good about like your your space, your mental health and your physical health. Um, another thing would be to silence all your notifications on your phone and uh, getting rid of that digital clutter as well. Making, you know, using your phone, like you are in charge of your phone, your your phone isn't in charge of you. So putting it down, you don't need to be scrolling Instagram, Facebook, all the things, all the news that's out there that's triggering you. You don't need to look at it right away. Just take a break from that and just create a system that works for you. So that's what I would say. Oh, I love that. I love all of that. (laughs) And I think that um, I'm 
been thinking a lot about capacity, like our capacity to be able to handle things so that the amount of what we have in our homes, the things that we have on our calendar shouldn't be set by the confines of our 24 hours a day or the confines of our house, but actually by what we're able to actually manage. And I think that when you have a chronic illness, and I don't have one, so I'm not speaking from personal experience, but you have to understand that your capacity is less than other people. You can't be like, you know, decluttering, like you said, decluttering the whole house or whatever. And so don't hold yourself to the unrealistic standard that you might see other places. Just realize, I know that little bits are going to help impact, you know, my journey and my health. And just doing some of those examples that you were saying, those are all going to add up. So like, accept the fact that even on a pain-free day, you may not have the capacity of someone else and that's okay. And you just kind of do what you can where you're at. Yeah. There's this concept of spoons in the ankylosing spondylitis community and other people with chronic um, autoimmunity. Uh, Like you have so many spoons for the day. And every activity you do, you have to get rid of a spoon and you only have eight spoons left and seven spoons and six. And then once you get lower, you're like, "Uh oh, tomorrow is not going to be so great. I'm not going to have this uh, this energy that I had today. So you have to, if you, if, you know, it, it could be like mentally picturing spoons or actually having some spoons and looking at them like, okay, you know, this is, this is the energy I have for the day. And I can only allot my time to this many things. So it's, it's a cool, interesting, it's a thing. A cool thing to think about is to guide your, the way you spend your time. I think. I love that visual. That is really neat. I've never heard of that before. Thank you for sharing that. And I would love as we close out, if you could tell my listeners where they can connect with you and I don't want to put you in the spot, maybe something you're working on hint, hint okay. that you want to share. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm most active right now on Instagram. So you can find me at everthrive. And then I have a blog, which is everthrive.org. I haven't been pushing too much new content there, but you can definitely find more about me, my bio, and so many things I've already written that I that I love and I'd love for other people to read them. But yeah, um, I love connecting with other minimalists and other people with, with chronic illnesses and, and mothers and parents. So all of that. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Allie. I really appreciate it. And it's just been such a pleasure talking to you. Oh, it's been a pleasure as well. Thank you so much for having me. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact, but 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.